The second that you said that somebody named Cricket was in it, <laughs> I knew exactly who it was. It's that man. Yes, it's that man. Hello, welcome to Guides the Unknown. I'm Kristen. And I'm her little brother, William. And this week, we are going to talk about the lost colony of Roanoke, something I'm so curious about because I have a glancing understanding of what it is. You can kind of figure it out even from the name. And I've done mild research myself to do this topic for the show Mm -hmm. back when Will and I used to each have our own subjects and it felt too overwhelming. So I'm really glad we were able to spread it out and now we can learn about it. It's it's really crazy. Even so, this week on the show, I looked up the the history of the lost colony of Roanoke to, to hopefully tell the the true with an asterisk, yep. the true story of what happened. And you're going to be covering the pop culture mm-hmm. representations of that that legend. Yes. Um, but in doing my research, this story is sprawling, and in many ways, this sounds trite. This sounds. I'm about to say something to you that sounds like the hip history teacher. In many ways, it feels like a story about the discovery of America. But it does. It does. It makes sense. Yeah, it does. Uh, Speaking of which, we're releasing this right around Thanksgiving 2020. That's right. So happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Hope you're uh, coming down off your turkey high. Yeah, absolutely. Hope that tryptophan treated you real nice. Yeah, have a nice tryptophan. Mm. (laughs) See you next (laughs) fall. Who cares? Yeah. Um, So I want to start by asking you a question I haven't asked you in a million years. Okay. What do you think you know about the lost colony of Roanoke? Okay. So like I said, I have done mild research about this in anticipation of covering it someday myself. And I found it overwhelming. It overwhelmed me the way that some things in history class would overwhelm me. um, Geography involved and things like this. So um, I know that they set Roanoke is in Virginia, I believe. North Carolina. North Carolina, I believe. (laughs) They... Settled there. They were settlers. <laughs> so we'll settle that. Mm-hmm. And then somebody went to check. Maybe somebody went away. Uh-huh. They came back. Everybody is gone. But the word Croatoan was carved onto a tree. Right. And nobody knows what happened to them. What does and the there are word, lots of theories. What does the word Croatoan mean? I don't know. Legendary mystery, right? Yes, I don't know. No one knows what the hell the word Croatoan could possibly refer to. Except for you. Except for me and evidently everybody. Okay, very Evidently, good. it's not a mystery. Kristen, I looked into this. I knew exa- exactly what you just said. That's what I knew. And that's why I found this topic to be kind of daunting but interesting. And I was always afraid of having to get into it because I knew it would probably unravel into the story I'm about to tell you. Um, but at the core of it, at the core of this story about a colony that was there and then suddenly disappeared, the 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 big shining piece of iconography, the big warning thing, is the word Croatoan mm-hmm. carved into a tree. Croatoan. I thought, you know, in my stupid, you know, my young, innocent mind of one day ago, I thought maybe young, that was really? some sort of like an incantation. Okay. Maybe it was some sort of an arcane term. Maybe it's just a nonsense word that nobody's ever been able to decipher not so much. Okay. But before we get into the nature of Croatoan and what that meant, let me tell you about the colony itself. And it will require me telling you some history. Okay. But it, I, quite frankly, have condensed this, I think, into the most interesting pieces of the history. If you want a truly 
you know, um, intelligent, studied approach of the history of the colony of Roanoke. That's not what you're going to find here. What you're going to find here are two people trying to make sense of it um, with limited uh, uh, historical knowledge. <laughs> Limited so having, brain cells. having poured over the data, here are the interesting bits that I found in a way to uh, explain the story in a fairly sufficient and, uh, 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 I don't know, efficient mm-hmm. manner. So Roanoke was the name given to a small colony off the eastern coast of North Carolina on a small island. Roanoke Island okay. is the name of the island itself. To start... Way back in the 1500s, an explorer named Giovanni de Verrazano. My later, favorite bridge. Later, given the, the Ver- Verrazano Bridge, yeah. named after him, uh, discovered the area that would later become known as Roanoke. Uh, this guy thought that he had found the Pacific Ocean mm-hmm. and thought that he maybe had found a shortcut to trade with China. Oh, that had to be a bummer. Not for him. He brought this information to the King of France and King Henry VIII, um, and neither one of them bothered to look into it any further. Good for them, because he was wrong. He found North Carolina, not the Pacific Ocean, not a route to China. He found the eastern coast of a gigantic country, a huge continent. Sounds like he jumped the gun. Oh my god. He was so <laughs> He should have kept it to himself for a minute. He was pumped. He Bad. was in his boat coming over from England. He saw land and he went, "Oh, oh, yeah, oh my yes. god, we made it. We made it. I did it. <laughs> I found it. I'm just going to turn around and tell them. I bet this is it." Anyway, 50 years later, Sir Walter Raleigh was given a charter saying that he would have to establish a colony by the year 1591 in that area, or he would lose his rights to colonize that area altogether, which sounds exactly like one of these Hollywood studio deals of, yeah, you do own the rights to the Fantastic Four, but unless you make a movie every 10 years, you will lose the rights. Right. <laughs> You're just forced to do it because you have to do yes. it, not for the love of it. There's a legendary legendary Warren Beatty special. Oh, yeah. He uh, had the rights to the character of Dick Tracy, made the movie Dick Tracy, and he was at risk to lose those rights unless he did something with the character. Mm -hmm. So he bought space on one of the networks at like three in the morning and did a one-hour interview in character, improvised, and used that as the legal basis to say, see, I'm using the character. You can't take it away from me. Incredible. And it worked. Yeah. Anyway, that's kind of what Sir Walter Raleigh was trying to do, because they shoehorned in some stuff here, I think. (laughs) Sir Walter Raleigh was not allowed to leave. He had to stay to be by the Queen's side. So he had to delegate the work, sending a crew over to the New World in his place. Everyone was being super careful around this time. You've got to remember that this is the late 1500s. (laughs) There are people going to the New World to discover it, to colonize it, to to form treaties with the Native Americans. We're not trying to steal your land. We want to, you know, don't worry. We can all work together. Yeah, okay. And that also means that they had to be careful of other countries who were trying to claim land Right, there. do the same thing. So Sir Walter Raleigh and everybody, all these colonizers were trying to be careful because the Spanish colonies were nearby. So they were building like forts and protections to keep themselves safe in these uh, new places in the new world. Over there, they encountered a Native American tribe called the Sakotan, who controlled Roanoke Island. And evidently, the meeting was relatively cordial. 
In fact, on a voyage back to England, a Sakotan named Juan Cheese joined the crew along with Monteo, a Croatan, whose mother was the chieftain of Croatoan Island. Okay, all right, so not terribly mysterious. So did the lost colony of Roanoke just go to Croatoan Island and basically leave a note on the counter saying that? Is that what this boils down to? That is one of the leading, leading theories. Croatoan. It seems quite simple. Croatoan is not some indecipherable term. Mm -hmm. It is the name of an island somewhat nearby. (laughs) Not only that. There are, and I I read a few different sources for this. I truly, I started my research last night reading in bed because I knew it was going to get sp- sprawling and I wanted to at least- <laughs> put you to sleep. <laughs> Kristen, I read this stuff for like two hours last night. Yeah. I And I was trying to really just make sense of, of all of it and have at least a basis in the, the, the underlying events that occurred so that today I could write it all down. It was like I was starting from scratch today. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's so hard to keep track of all Very familiar stuff. with that phenomenon. Totally. But uh, regardless, Croatoan is a place nearby, and there are differing reports that suggest the people of the colony of Roanoke had always said, we might go to Croatoan Island, and if we do, we will leave a sign that we have done so. Where did Why did this become a mystery? It definitely, it has good reason to become a mystery. Okay. I will say that. But it this has already been unraveled for me in terms of the creepiness here at the top. Some of it will come back in in a moment. Okay. But here it would have you think this is an open and shut case. Who cares? Right. Um, but here's the thing. So um, because none of these people would ever have expected that the actions, their actions would eventually lead us to be debating the lost colony. I'm sure not. Of Roanoke. <laughs> <laughs> Queen Elizabeth was happy with the expedition and dubbed Sir Walter Raleigh Knight Lord and Governor of Virginia. Oh, awesome. Badass. I want to be Knight Lord. Such a better name than Sir Walter Raleigh. Totally. Was he primarily known by his, like, given name? I don't know. Can you think off the top of your head of a song that says something about Sir Walter Raleigh in it? I've been somewhat distracted while we're talking by knowing that that's a lyric and I can't think of what it is. I have no That's all right. We can just move on. I have no idea. Um, So anyway. This land was constantly in a state of flux, um, and uh, here's here's what becomes incredibly important into understanding all of the theories of the lost colony of Roanoke. There were two colonies here at two different times. The Lane Settlement of 1585, named for Ralph Lane, who by all accounts appears to be a complete horse's ass. <laughs> um, he was constantly starting a ruckus with local Native American tribes. Sometimes he would just take them hostage. He'd be chasing gold and stuff. They were definitely fighting back, but fighting back for like... Yeah, I mean, you're allowed to fight back. You're allowed to fight back, and yet then, you know, I don't know. It's a whole thing. Right, I'm you sure, I'm sure. Anyway, he ran an all-male settlement in 1585. What a loser. <laughs> well, I don't think that it was... I don't think it was the He-Man Woman Haters Club. <laughs> <laughs> well, then why all men? I don't know. They're, they're men, manly men. <laughs> Men in tights. Yes. Um, They would eventually flee, evacuating this version of the colony of Roanoke. And they would eventually, uh, they'd go back to England and introduce tobacco, maize, and potatoes to England. 
All right. I guess that I can thank them for, for on behalf of our friends across the pond. What? Oh, okay. I was going to say you're not English. You can't thank them. <laughs> no, for but I'm glad their English friends get to enjoy maize. From the American perspective, they took American potatoes. We still have them. We could have had. I've been eating potatoes all this time. <laughs> so then here's the, the, the real Mama Jamma. The Lost Colony, which started in 1587, two years after the Lane Settlement, which was a catastrophe. Mm-hmm. The Lane Settlement was a mess. Sir Walter wanted to try again. This time he tasked John White to lead a group of just over 100 people, men, women, and children, all looking for a new life. I'm sure it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. It kind of was. Uh, John White's daughter, uh, uh, Eleanor White, would marry a man whose last name is Dare. Okay. And they would give birth to John White's granddaughter here. So life was new and, and blooming and, mm-hmm. and the sun was shining. Was her name Virginia perchance? Yes. How interesting. Yes. Yes. She comes up in my stuff. My God. So life was hard for them, understandably. It's the 1500s. Um, and they would continually try to form truces with local tribes, the local Croatan tribe. Things weren't really going so hot, though. And eventually these colonists begged John White, you've got to get some supplies for us. So he left in 1857 to go back to England to try to bring supplies for them. Uh, In order to survive the new world, you need food and water and shelter. And that's why it was a major problem one year later in 1588 when a ship sent to bring them supplies stupidly on the way decided, hey, there are some Spanish ships in the water over there. Why don't we try to take them so we can take their supplies. We can make some money there. And then that slowed down, put them into treacherous waters where uh, French pirates were able to climb on board and kill a bunch of them and loot all the supplies. Felled by their greed. Yes. All the supplies that John White had secured that were meant to go to Roanoke. Also in 1588, the Spanish, who had a, a colony south of Roanoke, came around to see what, what was doing on mm-hmm. Roanoke Island. Hey, hey. Hey, baby. Um, they're starving. The ship that was supposed to bring them supplies is gone. And now the Spanish are, are spying on them and stuff. And all of this, Kristen, it's kind of making me angry against the Spanish. <laughs> that is referencing an episode of Ghost Adventures Adventures, Rest a podcast that Will and I did that is no longer with us, but you can still find on all podcast apps where Zach Bacons was talking about uh, the Spanish invasion and them killing people. And he said, kind of makes me mad about, <laughs> kind of makes me mad at the Spanish. Which right. implies that Bagans is going to war yeah, with right. Spain. He said it funnier than that, kinda though. Kind of makes me angry against the Spanish. Yeah, I think that is what it is. Kind of makes me angry against the Spanish. Angry against the Spanish. <laughs> um, but here's the thing. In 1588, when the Spanish went there to try to peep out what Roanoke, the colony, was doing, there was no one there. Mm. Already in 1588. Two years later in 1590, the Spanish don't report this to the English. Mm -hmm. They just looked around and said, there's no one here. So two years later, John White is finally able to make the expedition back. It's been three years since he left. Um, They arrived at night and they could see off in the distance on Roanoke Island plumes of smoke. Oh. Um, The next night they could see a fire burning. They're basically like traveling closer and closer each night. Um, searching constantly, they eventually camped out 
and decided to sing English songs from their ships, hoping that the colonists could hear. And this to me almost was kind of sad. We know no, the, that is sad. We know the tragedy of this, that there's no one there. Right. There's hope in what John White is doing here, right? Mm-hmm. Either to to let them know we're coming or to hopefully comfort them or something, or also his anticipation that he's about to return and see his daughter. Right. See his granddaughter again for the first time in three years. But no, on the morning of August 18th, 1590, John White and crew find fresh tracks near the colony and a tree with the letters C-R-O carved into its trunk. Hmm. Odd. As they get closer to the colony itself, they discover that a fortress wall has been erected around the colony on which the word Croatoan is fully spelled out. Um, Inside the colony, all the houses had been torn apart almost like they had been ripped down or packed up and moved. Mm-hmm. Maybe they were moving. Even three trunks that John White had buried in 1857 had been dug up and looted. So he was missing all his like toys and microchips, yeah. his Game Boy that he buried uh, three years ago. With what his, a bummer. Rubik's his Cube. save file. Gone. All gone. All gone. Ruined. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... One of the things about the, the word Croatoan being on the wall, there was a plan back then. If you're in danger or if you're being forced to flee or something like that, try to leave a sign of what's happened. And if you were forced to leave under duress, you're going to have to leave um, a particular design called a cross pati hmm. into the wall. It's basically four arrows all pointing into the to the center. That's not carved under Croatoan, which would imply that they... There's not danger. There's not danger. They left of their own accord. It also perhaps makes you think maybe the people that forced them to leave knew don't let them carve that mm-hmm. symbol. We don't want to get people up in arms. Um, so to me, that somewhat is undetermined. Yeah. Now, regardless, or uh, uh, John White wanted to stay and investigate longer or go to Croatoan Island to follow up. Does this mean, is this the letter on the kitchen counter saying, right. you know, I went out? Um, he wanted to go, but the winds and like one of their ships that one of the anchors fell off or something like that. Okay. They weren't able to, and he was forced to return back home. Oh, that's awful. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's the, the horror of the era. Yeah, right? totally. Like, this is very much like you're going to a new place that from your perspective has not been settled, even though it has. Right. Um, and you don't know what to expect there. And the people that you love who you left there and you, just have to take on faith or hope that they're okay and thriving. Mm-hmm. They're missing, and you're helpless to track them down. So, what happened? Um, years later, Sir Walter Raleigh himself would finally embark out on journeys, claiming that he was going to follow up and try to figure out what happened to his lost colony. All of this happened under his orders, essentially. But it seems that everything Sir Walter Raleigh did, even when he was saying he was looking for the lost colony of Roanoke, was cover for some other agenda. One time he was trying to find the lost gold city of El Dorado. Oh my God. And claimed that he was going to try to find Roanoke. He had- Pull it together, guys. Help these people out. The supply ship is just trying to loot a Spanish ship. This guy's supposed to be looking for them. He's looking for gold instead. Chaos. What the hell? Total chaos. Under the the guise of orderly, like, you know, modern civility. Right. Um, But uh, it's also worth noting that Sir Walter Raleigh may have had a a financial- um, purpose in trying to pretend that 
these people are still alive mm-hmm. because if he could get this colony going by 1591, he would get to hold on to the land. Oh, right. So he didn't want to say that they were dead. So he had to sort of like keep up the pretense <laughs> yeah. of like, we're, no, we're going to find them. Yeah, it's cool. We're going to find them. Uh, so rumors abound. We're going to travel through time here. In the 1600s, it was believed that the colonists were killed by the Powhatan tribe. Uh, an English writer named William Strakey insisted that the Powhatan were literally Satanists and that they spoke to Satan. According to him, the priests of the tribe poured poison into the leader's ear, saying that all of these colonists were part of a powerful nation that will rise up and take your dominion from you, leading the Powhatan to massacre Mm. the lost colony at Roanoke. Uh, Strachey claimed that seven people survived this massacre. Four men, two boys, one woman. William Strakey was also part of the crew that helped lay the groundwork for um, Native Americans to be the target of genocidal retaliation mm. um, for things like so a the- cool guy. Totally cool guy. Um, it's a total sidebar, but there's a, a notable thing called the Jamestown Massacre, mm-hmm. uh, where a Powhatan tribe killed, over the course of time, killed 347 colonists, which- Strachey and the the English used as leverage to say, no, 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 we're going to fight back even right. stronger. But the reason but, the Powhatan did it is because these colonists again, were it, originally trying to team up and have a truce and then started demanding. Mm-hmm. And they realized, oh, no, no, these people are not here to be our friends. They're here to kill us. Yeah, they punched first. So they tried to, they tried to fight back. Um, in the 1700s came the first theories that the colonists and local tribes had actually merged. Maybe they actually joined up together and, you know, literally became one and the same. Okay. Um, there were rumors that the Hatteras people uh, are said to have had a lot of English influence and culture. And that's interesting. Could it be because they literally married and right. eventually had children with members of the Lost Colony of Roanoke? In the modern era, um, literally meaning the 20th century, um, archaeological digs p- proliferate. Uh, but they're super tricky. It's been over 400 years since the lost colony of Roanoke. And because there were those two different settlements, one in 1855 and then the lost colony in 1857, it's just a two-year gap. Mm -hmm. So if you find something in that area, it's impossible to tell. Right? Is it from the stupid lane settlement of all those men, or is it the lost colony and it can tell us something? You can't tell the difference anymore. Also- because it's been 400 years, it's entirely possible that where that colony was is now underwater oh. because of like coastal erosion. So the sea level rises and the huh. land goes underwater. So it truly might be the lost colony itself. It could just be gone. Like Atlantis. Yes. Now, here's something insane I have to tell you. It's the last thing that I've got. Do you have anything about the Dare Stones? No. Okay. I didn't think that this dipped into pop culture, but this is nuts. In 1937, a man named Lewis E. Hammond, 1937, so this is, what, almost 400 years later, Mm -hmm. Uh, Lewis E. Hammond and his wife claimed to find a stone in the banks of the Chowan River in North Carolina. On one side, the stone reads, um, Ananias Dare, which is the husband, and Virginia went to heaven 1591. Any Englishman show this rock to John White. Governor of Virginia. Whoa. On the reverse side, here's uh, supposedly a message to John White from his daughter, Eleanor, uh, who is a member of the Lost Colony. Father, soon after you go for England, we came here 
Only misery and war for two years. Above half dead these two years, more from sickness, being twenty-four. A savage with a message of a ship came to us. Within a small space of time, they became frightened of revenge and ran away. We believe it was not you. So a ship came. Yeah. But I don't think it was you, Father. Soon after, the savages, and I'm, you know, I'm reading yeah, a historical know, text. The savages said spirits were angry, which would actually support the Strachey theory of the satanic mm-hmm. notion of, well, we must kill you because we've been told we should. Right. Uh, suddenly they murdered all save seven. My child and Ananias too were slain with much misery, buried all near four miles east of this river upon a small hill. Names were written there on a rock. Put this there also. If a savage shows this to you, we promised you would give them great plenty presents. Signed E.W.D. Eleanor White Dare. Oh my God. 1937. Quick, stupid logistical question. This was written on a rock? Not written, carved. Car- okay, carved. That must have taken so long. It's a, long. Lot of it's a 27 I pound thought- rock. Oh my God. I boy. thought you were going to. You were going to tell me that it just says like a couple of words or something. I was surprised to hear a letter on there. Yeah. Wow. Um, So the Pierce family would then become in possession of this rock. They purchased it from this guy, uh, Louis E. Hammond. And because that rock claims there's another rock a few miles uh, uh, east of here, Mm -hmm. they they put out sort of a a bounty, a reward. We'll pay anybody who can find that rock. Enter... Bill Eberhardt. Okay. Who would, over the course of just a couple years, not very long, would find and sell to the Pierce family 47 more stones, all continuing to tell the story of Eleanor Dare and the remaining survivors of the lost colony of Roanoke. Does it seem real? Well, here's the thing. Bill Eberhardt found all of these rocks alone uh-huh. With close friends, I find I find this suspicious. That's so many rocks. He also for no one to find. And he would sell them like one by one in four hundred years, mm-hmm. and then for one person yes. to sell. The Pierce family would also go like, "Hey, the next time you find a rock, leave it there. Don't bring it to us. We want to see where it is." And he would always just be like, "Oh, lol, I forgot to leave it where I found it, so I'm just going <laughs> to hand it to you now." Oh my god. Um, I don't want to shock you, but Bill Eberhardt would be accused of faking these don't. stones. William, don't. Kristen, I'm sorry to have to say it. When the Pierces refused to buy any more stones, and granted, in the 1930s, this was causing quite a stir. I would imagine. It was getting a lot of attention. So theoretically, the Pierce family, even though they're buying all these stones, also have a vested interest in keeping this story alive. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill Eberhardt showed up with a gun. Oh, my God. Because the Pierce family refused to buy any more stones from him. And he had made a new stone that read... Pierce and dare historical hoaxes. We dare anything, which I don't know what the hell that means. What? We dare anything. But Pierce and dare historical hoaxes sounds like a business. So it's the Pierce family who's buying the stones. Isn't that what he's saying? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So he's blackmailing them. I will show that I I can even fabricate. Oh, that that we've been in this together. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So he was like, I'll show this. I just don't understand it all. Yeah. Rocks for me and stuff like that. And they basically refused. Everybody stopped paying attention. What? That guy did not think that plan through. Total catastrophe. It doesn't make any sense. It's uh, so whatever. There was a whole thing because like other people would come forward with rocks. Mm -hmm. And then bit by bit, they were like, whoa, 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 whoa. All these other people who have rocks, they're friends with Bill Eberhardt. 
Or there was like one guy that was like, I've had this rock ever since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And he was friends with one of Bill Eberhardt's friends. Yeah, okay. So like it was all just a whole. Yeah. It was a scam, a yes. scheme. But that original rock, Kristen. That no, that, that rock, sounds legit. It does sound legit, except nobody knows who the hell Lewis E. Hammond is. Um, and I know who Daryl D. Hamilton is. never able to find him and track. Do you say you know who David Liebehart is? What did you just say? I was trying to say Daryl E. Hammond. I went Daryl D. Hamilton. I love Daryl E. Hammond. <laughs> yeah. But so nobody can even figure out if that thing is real. But the general consensus is they're so well faked. Mm-hmm. All of them. Even the Eberhart rocks, which are obviously fake. They're so well faked that they mimic language from the time accurately. Some of the Eberhardt rocks use words that were not yeah. common parlance, so that lends credence to his being faked. But the Hammond rock is so authentic looking. It's not that it couldn't be fake. It's just that, well, then where the hell did it – who did it? Yeah. yeah like, did like, the Pierces do it? Or right. if you can't find Lewis Hammond, what what is this? It could be. I mean, it started – maybe it started as a real thing. That maybe. first one is authentic. And then the guy just got the idea and ran with it. Keep pulling a sweater, though. Right. On the rock, seven people survived. And the 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 Native, Native Americans claimed that the, the spirits were angry, mm-hmm. which Bill Strachey said that they would have claimed the spirits were angry. Right. So it kind of – there's overlap. There's overlap. It's it's very interesting. So ultimately, the lost colony of Roanoke is lost, but Croatoan isn't a huge mystery. No. People were incapable of following up on it within a sufficient time frame to see if they had gone there. And from after that point, it's a total mystery. It's so strange that Croatoan itself, just the word, was regarded as such a big mystery thing. I know. I think it might be- At least in like- Pop knowledge. Pop knowledge. Like not going deeper. Yeah. How weird. It's just straight up the name of an island that's derived from the name of a group of people. I know. Marketing and storytelling. Yeah, totally. It's so effective to use that word, which is unusual, to say that it is unknowable. Or right. something like that when it's it's perfectly, perfectly knowable. It's, yeah. it's the name of that island. It may not even be today the name of that island, but like mm-hmm. historical texts can prove it. Right. Um, there are also other studies that I, I there's not even really worth getting into, but the the notion that the 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 colonists of the lost colony of Roanoke may be merged with Native American tribes. Mm-hmm. There have been like DNA tests to try to see if um, you can actually find uh you know that ancestral dna and it's just it's been 400 years right. and it's like some studies could be worth it but nobody nobody really knows yeah. but that is one of the leading one of the leading theories for sure huh yeah interesting so now i know now you know Thank now you know you about the lost much. colony of roanoke the real stuff anyway yeah i want to hear about some fake stuff though because honestly like the reason that this is a legend is because i think of pop culture oh yeah particularly you know well here's the weird thing too the internet is such a recent thing mm-hmm. when we were growing up it's not like we constantly read encyclopedias and stuff no the mom and dad did try to make us i did like to flip through those encyclopedias we had like two different sets yes i liked to flip through like the gemstone section that showed okay. you like pretty rocks and then the names for them and stuff i liked to uh pretend i would start reading the first dictionary oh yeah or the, or the first the, vol- the volume first, or yeah, whatever the, the a from yeah. the encyclopedia set and just like pretend that i would get through it all stuff like that i used to do that a lot Mama, mom in particular, if I asked a question about something, she'd be like, well, why don't you look up in the encyclopedia? And I was like, ah, why don't you just tell me? 
<laughs> it might be code for, I don't know. I think it probably <laughs> Go was. look it up, you dumb dumb. I think it probably you was. You don't know that? What are you, stupid? Yeah. <laughs> Go find out and Go, then tell me. Why don't you read a book? Yeah. So I am going to tell you about the fakey, fakey eggs and bakey stuff <laughs> having to do with the Very lost cool. colon- colony of Roanoke. But first. So cool. I know. I know. But first, we want to tell you about another podcast about spooky stuff that we think you should check out. It is The Boo Crew, which is put on by Bloody Disgusting, one of Will and my favorite websites for horror news and updates. Constant rotation for horror news. Oh, yeah. Not a a joke. It's one of my top top news sources. Me too. I get a lot of information about horror games that are on sale and stuff. Yep. uh, Horror news about new movies that are coming out, things like that. Mm -hmm. So the Boo Crew is the flagship interview arm of Bloody Disgusting and the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. Trevor Shand, Lauren Shand, and Leon D'Antonio bring you discussions and interviews covering all things horror, film, Music and lifestyle. That's right. So the format of the show reminds me of traditional radio shows that you would listen to in your car or whatever. It's kind of a round table thing and it has that sort of feel, but it's awesome that it's that sort of feel, which is kind of nostalgic and comforting to me in a weird way, but specifically about the things that I like the most and cutting out stuff that I'm not as interested in. It's very, very neat. And they have awesome people on the show. Their guests are not only icons from your favorite horror and genre films from in front of and behind the lens, but also they have on artists, actors, musicians, authors, and personalities who are inspired by horror and dark entertainment. They have people who are into the paranormal, like the owners of The Conjuring House and the female exorcist R.H. Davis, and true crime investigation, like LAPD homicide detective Robert Souza. It's a truly unique experience that has something for everybody. So if you're into like spooky stuff, whether it's real life spooky stuff or fictional, mm-hmm. the Boo Crew is going to want to be your where you are (laughs) yeah be where the boo crew are yeah they'll make your spine tingle Mm -hmm. some of their previous guests include danny elfman kevin bacon samara weaving who i am like i know she's great ready or not i heard that they wanted her for scream five and they were unable to like make the deal happen yeah i know just such a bummer but i I can't wait to see what she does next chino from the deftones you must have been really Ah, excited teenage Kristen sat up a little bit straighter that's right as did 30 something Kristen. michael doherty poppy daniel radcliffe dita von tease megan fox elijah wood mike flanagan robert england ghost i love ghost i I saw ghost perform uh live at the stephen colbert show yeah uh tobin bell juliette lewis and many more that's right so you can find the boo boo crew on apple podcast spotify wherever you get podcasts basically and new episodes come out every tuesday and you'll like this if you're into our show. They also have a video version that comes out every week that's available on the brand new Bloody Disgusting Linear TV channel, which is available on Roku and Rad.Live on PlayStation and iOS. Hell yeah. So you can listen to it. You can watch it. Enjoy. It's a really, really cool show. show. I think that you guys will get a kick out of it. Totally. The Boo Crew. Mm-hmm. Um, also, if you like us, you might like some other stuff that we've been working on. Yeah. Um, I really want to plug something that Kristen did recently that's out right this second um, out on huntakiller.com slash blog right now Kristen's got an article about the pandemic and why uh, horror lovers might be better suited 
to handle the stress of it. Yeah, it's basically that we adapted yeah. to handle the stress of it. It's not like they found some sort of like chemical thing that's going on in horror lovers. No, by watching horror movies, we've been fortifying ourselves yeah. to deal with hard emotional up and down situations. Which I love and makes me feel like a superhero. I know, it's cool. But also in Kristen's article, which I love and I Thank really you. hope that you do more of, um, Kristen's got an embedded audio clip of her reading the article to you. Mm -hmm. So both for accessibility purposes, yep. maybe it's easier for you to listen to things rather than read them. But also, it's like a mini little podcast there for you. You can listen to Kristen tell you all about it. Mm -hmm. So huntakiller.com slash blog. First of all, you should be reading all the stuff that Kristen's writing there anyway. But second of all, now you can hear her voice over there. Uh, uh, telling you some super cool horror stuff and hopefully more soon. Yeah. Um, also, this is um, an odd thing, uh, not a usual occurrence for me. I think that I will be dipping a toe into mm. the blog this weekend, I believe, an interview that I conducted with Eduardo Sanchez, co-director of the Blair Witch Project, should be going out. Awesome. I think it's going out this weekend. So keep your eyes peeled there. I got to talk to Eduardo Sanchez about the Blair Witch Project itself. What does he think of the the sort of legacy of it and the reputation of it? Um, he said some really nice things about the Hunt a Killer box series that I'm one of the writers of. That's right. You can go um, to huntakiller.com slash Blair Witch to check that out and maybe get it. Yeah, totally. But uh, the, the entire interview itself was so much fun to do, so unusual for me. And uh, yeah, I wrote it up, sent it in, and I think it's going out this weekend. So go check that out. I felt like he dropped some bombshells, like confirmed yeah. fan theories that somebody who worked on the film hasn't like given a stamp of approval to before. Yeah, there are a lot of things... It's fun because I got to, to talk to him a couple of times. He's, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to release the AMA because mm -hmm. we did a private AMA for people who backed the, the box early. I don't know if and when we're releasing the recorded version of that. I, we may not release it at all. I'm yeah. not sure. But he's shockingly forthcoming. Yeah. Like there are things that they told me that I could not write about because you're not supposed to confirm or deny some of these things in the Blair Witch world yeah. that he's straight up talked about and confirmed or denied. Oh, hell yeah. Well, it's it's his prerogative. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I was just surprised that like he was allowed to because it was like higher, higher up. So and that you can't talk about to. it. So many yes. creators want to want to keep that mystery. Like, well, what do you think it means? I know he was all he was all over it. It yeah. was awesome love it so yeah. go check it out huntakiller.com slash blog yeah the rogers twins there this weekend i know and then i'll get cool. back out of your way what no please come on the water's fine mm, no i couldn't <laughs> <laughs> you know where the water isn't fine where roanoke no Woo! they tried to cross it to get to that island it doesn't seem like it went so well potentially yeah. but in the fictionalized world, we took things in a little bit of a different direction. Let's first talk about American Horror Story Season 6, Roanoke. Okay. So you haven't seen this at all, right? That's the name of the season? Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I think I watched... Is this the one that has... Is it... It's like a show within a show. Yeah. Does is that it ring Cuba a bell? Gooding Jr.? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think I watched the first episode, and then I don't know if I stopped because of my... American Horror Story bias mm -hmm. or anything, but I, I just, I think all I said was the first episode. I don't really remember much. Yeah. Um, so we talked about it a little bit on the show. I have a spotty uh, history with American Horror Story. I sometimes watch it and I sometimes don't. I sometimes love to hate it and sometimes I just don't like it. I really like the Roanoke season. I don't like every single thing in the Roanoke season, but I really like it overall and I rewatched it for this show tonight. Can I just say that I find it 
surprisingly damning for you to describe your relationship with the show as sometimes I love to hate it. Sometimes I don't like it. (laughs) Neither one is that positive. No, it's not. But at least with love to hate it, I'm like enjoying myself. There've been times where, and I don't usually do this where I don't like something and yet I'm still compelled to keep watching it. Sure. Even that, I guess you could say, is love to hate. Cause I must, there must be something, some reward I'm getting. Otherwise, I wouldn't do it. So I guess it, that's also closure. love to hate. But it does, yeah, closure sometimes. I just want to know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's you know, question of of questionable up and down quality for me. So there is a show within a show in this season called My Roanoke Nightmare. So when the season starts, and I'm also not going to recap the whole season because. First of all, because yeah. I'm going to focus on the elements of it that have to do with the Roanoke colony and how they kind of play with the lore of it. Sure. There is also a side story about like uh, traditional classic horror redneck cannibals. Nah, okay. Don't like any of that. Um, but let's talk about how they interpreted the lost colony of Roanoke. The way that they come at it is that the show starts and it's shot like a traditional paranormal show. Most specifically, I feel like it looks like Paranormal Witness with talking heads of real people speaking about their experience to the camera and then reenactments with reenactment actors kind of doing their thing. So what Will is referring to is that the reenactment actors in this are Cuba Gooding Jr. and Sarah Paulson. What? they so two different people play the same yes. character on the show? Yes. So it's Cuba Gooding Jr. and Sarah Paulson in the show within a show. And then it's two other people who are playing the real people doing the talking heads. Okay. Okay. It gets more confusing. I wasn't really going to go into it, but now I will. I, I didn't write it down, but I will tell you as we go because I feel like- I, I want to know. I, I feel I need to tell you now and hear your reaction. I feel like I'm on the edge of a cliff because <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready to like what you're about to tell me about the Roanoke show. But when you tell me that two different performers play the exact same character because one of them is acting and one of them is supposedly the real one, mm-hmm. I'm both intrigued because I feel like that could be interesting. I like it. But I know it's American Horror Story. <laughs> this part, the beginning of it, I remember when this came out that people thought it was boring and they didn't like it. And Ryan Murphy in the press, like in Entertainment Weekly and stuff, was like, in episode six, there's a big twist coming. It's going to change the entire show just hang on. Like, I, I mean, he was like, I think this is cool anyway, but just so you know, this isn't it. Because so, people were just dissatisfied with it. Although I was all in. Okay. So the story that they are telling us is that there's a couple who's named uh, Shelly and Matt who've moved into this house in North Carolina and freaky things happen. They want it at auction as is. And there is a family that lives kind of nearby that also wanted the land because it's so close and they felt like it was theirs. And they feel that Shelly and Matt basically stole it from them. So they come on the first night uh, with torches. They're like a mob trying to get them out of the house. And they're just like, oh my God, I wasn't expecting it to be this sort of thing. As they're running away from them, because they do chase them out of the house, Shelly runs into the woods and she sees a ritualistic murder happening. Hmm. Some sort of gnarly, um, like person on a spit sort of situation. They explain this away in the next episode with her being like, it must have been them putting on a show to try to scare us away. I can't accept that. Something like that was really happening. We've sunk all of our money into this house. Like, these people are trying to scare us out of it. We're going to ignore that. Um, But weird things keep happening. Like, 
teeth rain from the sky. It's raining outside. They go outside and it is teeth. Um, There are a lot of pig parts and pig heads popping up. So they'll see like a man with a pig head, which is kind of a callback to the pig man in the first season of American Horror Story. And also they like leave like wriggling pigtails out for Matt and Shelley to find to again scare them and try to get them off the property. And this is also when Blair Witch Stickman-esque little dolls kind of show up and are hung everywhere around and inside the house. So they can kind of, they're not happy about it at all, they're freaked out, but they can kind of deal with all that and grit their teeth through it, except when their niece Flora goes missing after talking to a little ghost girl named Priscilla that they obviously assume is an imaginary friend. She says she's talking to Priscilla. They think it's all good, but we know, as we know, we're watching a horror show. And even the show within a show is kind of um, hinting to you this is a ghost girl because you're watching a paranormal show called My Roanoke Nightmare, ostensibly. So then this psychic named Cricket shows up. This is Leslie Jordan. I knew it. I know you knew it. You said something about it before. No, no, no. You said you like looked it up or something and you saw him with a wig because you asked me about him in, I think, 1984. Correct. And you asked, I think you had, I think you looked it up and you saw a picture of him in this or something. I, I don't remember. Maybe he was in another season wearing another stupid wig. Yes, he is. Yeah. So maybe I saw that. No, no. You saw, he's also wearing a stupid wig in 1984, which you saw. You saw that. I think it was on the show. You saw that. You were like, what's the deal with this dude? And I was like, he's in there, here and there with looking a little silly. They seem to like to silly him up. Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I knew that he was in Roanoke, but the second that you said that somebody named Cricket was in it, <laughs> I knew exactly who it was. It's that man. Yes, it's that man. <laughs> it's that man that they, I think, are making fun of, but also utilizing his talent. Yes, because he's great. Yes. I also think he's in on the joke. He's an older gentleman. He's very short in stature, and he's very campy and goofy, and yes. I think he likes to camp it up. I just remembered something that I had forgotten after we recorded that episode, and we got like negative reviews because I don't like American, American Horror, Horror Story. Story. I Googled Leslie Jordan and watched a ton of clips of him, a lot from Will and Grace, oh, yeah. where the running joke is that he is gay, but he's he he's pretending he, to be straight and pretending that he hates Will and Jack. <laughs> and so he like will con- he has like a bodyguard, quote unquote, that travels with him anywhere, everywhere, and it's like an open secret that like they're together. Uh-huh. And so Jack will be like, well, then why do you go everywhere with your bodyguard? And he's like, don't talk about him. <laughs> like, And it made me laugh. It made me laugh. He's it, great. It was pretty good. He has gotten very, very popular recently on Instagram. He has a very charming, funny Instagram. It's a lot of him just talking straight to camera. It's like kind of too much in his face most of the time. It's like not Randy like any... No, not like Randy Quaid. I don't think Randy Quaid is still doing that. No, he is. He was in the news this week. He was. Oh, my oh, God. Yeah. I'll have to look. Yeah. I'm slipping. I guess that's the only disadvantage of being off of social media. Yeah, <laughs> I true. didn't know that. Um. So anyway, yes, it is Leslie Jordan. He shows up because he says that he heard from the ether that this is going on. And he has been drawn there to investigate this and help them find Flora. So he tells them what we already know, that Priscilla is actually a little ghost girl from the 16th century and that she was part of the lost colony of Roanoke who haunt this land after fleeing what was Roanoke. So even though this is North Carolina, he's not saying this was the original lost colony of Roanoke. This is where they went to when nobody could find them and that they don't take too kindly to interlopers on their land. And in fact, they want to kill them. And so that's why some crazy stuff is happening. So Cricket 
continues to work with them and he seeks out one of the ghosts on the land to talk to her and get information from her because he can do this. This ghost is Lady Gaga. Do you know that Lady Gaga is in this season? I just realized I dropped this on you and you may not have been aware. Did you know this? No, I thought she was in the hotel season. She is. And that was the wrap. No, she's in this season too. She plays a, a witch of the woods who it turns out is the original Supreme in American Horror Story lore. William, stay with me. No. Um, <laughs> and um, she doesn't have a name in the show. They like never referred to her by name. But in FX material, she's referred to as Scathach or Scathach. Just like how in the first season, like they never call it the Infantata. Right. That weird little demon baby but they it says in material or something like that so same kind of deal so cricket seeks out lady gaga i'm just gonna call her gaga because like i don't know how to say that name or it might be scathack um who takes him back in time to see what really happened to the colony he's like what's happening here why are people being tormented and he's like i know that you're really the one with the power because they're being tormented by other people, but he's like, you're the grand dame of this. And she has this really weird accent that she's doing. It's strange. And she's, you know, she's like, take my hand or whatever. And she takes him back in time to what really happened to the colony. So he wakes up and he's like, whoa, all of a sudden he's not in the woods and he's just like in fields of corn. So um, indeed, they had come to this very land in North Carolina, and in order to prosper, the colony committed regular human sacrifice, which was led by the colony's now leader, Kathy Bates, whose name is Thomason. Her husband went away to another land. I don't think they name him as John White or anything. Okay. And in his wake she has been leading the colony all this time and she is known in kind of present day i think cricket reports that she's called the butcher we'll find out why in just a second so she has been committing regular human sacrifices so that the land is fertile and they're prosperous and everything's abundant and they get to live a really nice life but thomason's son isn't into all this and he says it's enough already this isn't like the way that our faith is you veered away from your path and i'm gonna lead everyone away from here so not only have they bounced from roanoke to here he's saying we're gonna bounce from here to somewhere else um gaga tells thomason that they all need to be punished and that if thomason kills everybody for their disobedience their souls will be enslaved to her forever because gaga has the power to do all of this she can like bestow all of this so at dinner and this is a pretty rad scene kathy bates is amazing in this she's so good i don't know if she's ever not good really i like her yeah she's William, she's you should watch. It really is good. It's not all good. Did you watch the whole good. season? Yeah. How many episodes are there? Uh, not that many. It's not like a twenty-two season or twenty-two episode thing. There are maybe I'm gonna say nine. Okay. Something like that. Um. Okay. So How long did it take you to watch all this? Wait, say that again. Did you watch all this really fast? I watched it. Well, I knew that we were doing this because of the Patreon sessions. I guess I. Again, stepping off social media freed up my time for other things. Okay. So I guess I watched it in a week, a week and a half. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they have a dinner. They're having like a big family dinner or a big colony dinner like they do every night. And she's at the head of the table. And she acts like she's sorry and that she's seen the error of her ways and that her son is right and that they're going to stop this stuff. And she gives everybody fruit as a token of her apology. 
but it's poisonous fruit mm. and everybody starts barfing and they're incapacitated. And so she starts using her butcher's knife left and right. First, she goes for her son's chest and then she's just striking people all over the place. The poison wasn't enough? No, I guess it was just to like get them like healed. Oh, no, there's a point. There's a to point. I just realized there's a, a point to party it. So that she could chop. There's a point I'm going to tell you right now. It's a direct quote. So she's she's cutting everybody and she says this, and I'm not going to be able to do Kathy Bates justice, so I'm not even going to try. But she says, if thou wishes not to follow me in this life, thou will follow me in the next. We shall never leave this place. This is our land. I will soak this earth with our blood. Let it mingle with the soil. Tether us to these grounds forever. So she's spilling their blood on purpose by cutting them. After she kills everybody, she gives Gaga a knife to slit her throat. She like bows before her. She like clears her hair away like it's an honor. And then Gaga slits her throat and she dies. Wow. So she and the colony who is now forced to do her bidding because Gaga told her, if you kill everybody, they're going to be enslaved to you forever. They occupy this land they're pissed that these people have moved into this house. And so they're trying to scare them away, kill them, do whatever. It's very gnarly. They're like spits with people on them. They pull people apart. It's this whole thing. And they're at their most powerful at the blood moon, when the moon is red in the sky. And that's when they're at their most physical and can wreak the most havoc. So I was going to leave it here because that's really all that has to do with what happened in the colony. But I simply must tell you what else happens in the show. Yes, please. So the twist at episode six is that we have finished watching My Roanoke Nightmare. They tie it all up. The show within the show. Exactly. So basically scary things were happening to Matt and Shelley. And finally they drove away. They got away. We come back to the next episode and we are driving with the producer of My Roanoke Nightmare, which has now become a huge hit. And he wants to sell a show to the network that is a reality show play on My Roanoke Nightmare because they can't do a sequel because it's a real story and it's over. So they are going to have both the actors who played the roles on My Roanoke Nightmare and their real life counterparts all gather together in the house where this really happened while the blood moon is in the sky to record what happens and see if anything scary happens. But he's going to have, he has like an insurance plan. So he has kind of jump scares in the house plan. So, you know, if you turn on the sink, it's going to explode. And so you can see the people interacting together. You see them get scared and it's going to be a new hit show. You know what this is, right? What? This is a, this is a, a total lift. This is a huge steal. What? Halloween Resurrection. Oh, yeah. Buster Rhymes and yeah. his network or show called Dangertainment. Maybe they're both called Dangertainment. It's Dangertainment? I thought it was Dangertainment. I thought it was Dangertainment. I don't think so. Anyway, Tyra Banks is his producer, and they're going to Michael Myers' house in Haddonfield to shoot a reality show that will be webcast. It's... to But Michael Myers is really there. You're absolutely right, except... It's hard to think it's a lift when that was not a su- successful movie at all. Excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. I think it's actually a fine idea. <laughs> no, it's a good idea, but I, I can't, I don't think it was inspired by Halloween Resurrection. No. no. Okay. So anyway, that's what's going on. So now, well, you are seeing these actors, the real life actors, play yet another role. Sarah Paulson had been playing Shelley, but now she's playing, you know, Mary, the real life the actress. actress. You know what I mean? So really getting to show their chops. It's very fun. I actually like it a lot. And um, and then real life scary things happen, of course. So it's a little bit Scream 3 as well. Yes. The, yes. The 
the the Sydney the and the actress who plays exactly. Sydney. Yes, that I was going to mention. If anything, it's a little bit more reminiscent of that. But even that, it's not exact. So I, I also don't even think it's a sure. lift from that. Did people like this? No, they did not like okay. it. <laughs> no, I liked it. But most other people don't like this season at all. Understood. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's a good season. I think people should watch it. What season is it? Six. Interesting. Yeah, it's on Netflix right now. I recommend it. Okay. Like I said, I don't like every single thing in it or anything, but overall, I think it's a really good story. I think it's fun. Like the twist, it is so bonkers. It's like twist. This is happening. That, and I enjoy it. If you're if you were endorsing it, I'm considering it an endorsement of literally everything that happens in it. Nope. No. Nope. If I watch it, I'm going to hold nope. you responsible for anything I don't like in it. <laughs> You'd better not. <laughs> <laughs> Thanksgiving is supposed to be a time for us to come together. It shouldn't be a time that American Horror Story causes an estrangement this is the time because the you think that I'm endorsing the Polk family, which I am not. That's the family of cannibals who are nearby. Oh, okay. I don't endorse them. But there's a lot of cool, spooky stuff, interesting stuff. Kathy Bates is so good. It there's something like- I didn't even tell you about her character that is incredible. Really? It knocked my socks off when I saw it. It did. I was like, oh, she's so good. What a, ta- what a talent. Socks flew across the room. Yeah, so cold. <laughs> Woke up the dogs. Um, are there, so in terms of Roanoke, in mm-hmm. terms of the lost colony of Roanoke, they're really making the case that most of the people who went missing here and moved to this area are now victims of their leader. Yes, yes. So that's what they say happened, that they moved to another place and they were all slaughtered. Slaughtered by one of their own Mm -hmm. people who was supposed to protect them. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. Okay. Right. Okay, let's move on to another excellent show. I was more than happy to pay to buy this episode with my own money. This is Sleepy Hollow, episode five of season one, entitled John Doe. Excellent. Now, Sleepy Hollow is a show that I cannot believe was made. It is so crazy that this was a show where Ichabod Crane of who wrote Sleepy Hollow? Uh, Irving, Washington Irving's Sleepy Hollow is a cop basically in the modern day. It's incredible. He's a fish out of water a lot. And before I go into the Roanoke stuff of this, I just want to grab the moments from only this episode where Ichabod is confused about our modern day and what's going on. Oh my God. Um, at one point he looks at a loofah with confusion. A loofah? He, yes. Like a, you know, loofah for scrubbing. He has gone shopping with his partner, Abby and picks up out of the bag and they don't say anything about it, but he's just looking at it. Huh? What the, and puts it down in the same scene. He says to Abby, what is this impenetrable barrier around this instrument? Do you have a guess as to what that'd be about? Okay, hold on. What is this impenetrable barrier against around this instrument? And they're in a grocery store? They have just been at a grocery store. They've been at a grocery store. Are they still around that area? No, they're home. They're home? Yes. They're unpacking groceries. Okay. Is this something that he's unpacked? Yes. All right. It is the plastic wrapping around like a knife or a fork or something like that. You're you're close, and I gotta say, I'm with I'm with Icky on this one. It is the plastic shell around a razor? You know how those are like very hard to open up. Yeah. Okay. What is this impenetrable barrier around this instrument? The one that I remember is where he like an alarm clock goes off, and he's like, "Ah, darn you, Benjamin Franklin, and your infernal contraptions." And it's like, uh, no one would have said that back in his day, yes. <laughs> let alone now. 
like what um i remember him trying on jeans yes i always think about that he's floored yeah (laughs) he doesn't understand these pantaloons yeah why are these trousers so (laughs) um i think he's also fascinated by matzo ball soup at one point yes i think he loves it yeah yeah he's not wrong um Uh, also in this episode, he is fascinated by a piece of tape. Again, that goes unremarked upon just by the loofah. You just have to be watching him. Always keep your eye on Ichabod. Just He's just playing, comedy. just playing with a piece of tape, puts it down. They have to get back to, to business. Does it get to any point in that show where he's par- completely comfortable? Here? Where he's integrated? I doubt it. I don't know. I didn't watch the whole show, but. How long did it go? Four seasons. Really? Yes. Wow. It apparently jumped the shark big time. That's what I heard. Yeah. Um. At the end of the third season and the fourth season is dump. But I recall watching some of season one and it's Sleepy Hollow. So the Headless Horseman looms large. Right. right. Um. And then they reveal the Headless Horseman's identity. And I was I like, this is weird. I don't remember. And like he can put his head back on and talk to you and stuff. Hmm. I don't rem- I, I don't remember. I watched like a few episodes of season one yeah. and then I, I jumped over here. Um, so the last thing I want to say about uh, Ichabod out of water is that he is tracking where this little boy is that I'm going to talk about. And he's like, oh, this um, this spider web is cut off right at where his height would be. These twigs are snapped. And she's the partner's like, oh, good job. And he says... Huh, your so called your so called smartphone couldn't tell you that. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. So the premise is I just want to go into it just explaining because I was a little bit confused watching this. The deal is is that Abby knows that he is Ichabod Crane from the past, and so does the chief of police, who is <laughs> They all um, know that he's from like hundreds of years ago. The, the two of them do, who is Orlando Jones. Okay. And the rest of the police squad thinks that he is a consulting Oxford history professor. Nobody else knows that he's from the past. I just wanted to let you guys know just a little groundwork. Okay. So here's what happens in the Roanoke episode. There is a little boy who ends up in the present day who's speaking Middle English, which Ichabod can speak, luckily, even though he notes it's a little bit before his time. And the little boy claims to be from Roanoke. The boy has an illness that's causing his veins to turn black, and it starts spreading to other people killing an EMT who had treated the boy. And as the EMT is dying, he sees a vision of a horseman riding to him. Because also, I think an overarching plot of this whole thing is the four horsemen of the the apocalypse. Yes, the headless horseman is one of them. Yes. So Ichabod explains the story of Roanoke to Abby, and he tells her where he thinks the colonists relocated to Sleepy Hollow. (laughs) What a coinkadink. All right. So they end up finding the colony... In these enchanted woods that have a hidden crossing ground that takes you through time. Ichabod notices a mark on a stone or maybe a stump or something that he's like, oh, this indicates a crossing oh, ground. stone or perhaps even stump has a message <laughs> for me. It's like this is a, a hidden crossing ground. And they walk across water. But there's something for them to walk on, but it looks like they're walking on water. It's fun. And they walk across and they do a thing where the camera goes up to the sky and like kind of turns. So you like know something weird happened. And they walk into the past and the lost colony. And all of these people have the same black veins as that boy does, but none of them seem ill. So they go and talk to somebody and they tell them that the land in Roanoke was cursed by the horsemen of pestilence who rode through infecting everyone and giving them these black veins and making them sick. 
Virginia Dare, a young girl, died first, and her ghost came back and appeared to them to lead them away from Roanoke to Sleepy Hollow, away from where the horsemen can find them, where they can be safe and she can protect them with her ghostly power. Their symptoms don't affect them here, even though they have these black veins, because Virginia's spirit still protects them. So the idea is that this pestilence brought, or that, excuse me, that pestilence, the horsemen, brought this plague, but the Roanoke colony thwarted its spread by disappearing, and that's why they disappeared. Oh. But when this little kid Thomas crossed over by accident, he got sick and he infected other people in our current world who don't have this protection of Virginia Dare. So um, bringing Thomas back to the colony will cure him. But what about everybody else? How do you bring all these other people in the real world back to a place that nobody even believes exists? So unsurprisingly, Ichabod contracts this illness. Oh, he has to go to the hospital and Abby is very freaked out and she's hiding from somebody who wants to give her a hard time or something. And she's right by the chapel in the hospital and she's like, "Ugh, fine, I'll go in. Because also a theme of this is that Abby is a very logical person having to deal with the fact that Ichabod is from the past, which has been proven to her somehow is very hard for her to reckon with because she's a fact based person. And so she's grappling with this idea of like, faith and weird stuff versus fact that that's right in front of her. So she's like not super into religion and believing in something that's not there. Um, But she goes into the chapel because she's hiding out and she's like, you're supposed to give answers, right? Like, can you please tell me what to do so I can save Ichabod and like save everybody? And, you know, she waits for a minute and nothing's happening. She's like, I don't want to leave. And as she's walking out, she looks at the little dish of holy water. She puts her finger in it. And then for some reason, this reveals to her that the springs, the water that's in the lost colonies area, that will heal them. So she tells Orlando Jones, who's on board with all of this, he's had to also accept that just there are crazy supernatural things that happen. They sneak Ichabod and the little boy out of the hospital to dunk them in the springs. And luckily, for some reason, when they dunk Ichabod and Thomas, everybody else heals up. What? Why? Because, and this was very weird to me, the colony was all kind of like an otherworldly ghost vision anyway. So I guess by them healing in the ghost world, maybe then that spreads just like a virus can spread. And the thing that confuses me is that it seemed quite obvious to me that they had gone into some sort of other dimension. But this is treated like a reveal. Uh, I find this baffling. Everything about it is baffling, William. Could it be that they needed the episode to end? Yeah, for sure. It for sure is that because it makes no sense. You just have to roll with it. Just like her like touching water makes her realize that the water will heal them. There's right. no reason for you to come to that conclusion. Dunking them makes everybody heal and we're wrapped up. Right. Yeah, just got to just, just got to wrap it up. Sometimes you just got to wrap it up. Can I just say an interesting parallel between American Horror Story and Sleepy Hollow yes. is that in dealing with the lost colony of Roanoke, they both posit that the colony just up and moved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For a variety of reasons. Right. And, you know, maybe other horrible stuff happened as well. But, like, they don't say that, like, Croatoan was a phrase that was loaded with mystery. They don't say that no. something horrible happened at the colony. They posit they probably moved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Croatoan is- comes up in both episodes, but not in ways of really any consequence. I think they just kind of mention it because you know that from the story. Right. But, yeah, both of them are just like... 
logically they moved and then xyz happened interesting Mm -hmm. very interesting actually in sleepy hollow xyz happened and then they moved because of it but still true yeah the 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 horsemen of pestilence that's right visited them Mm -hmm. and uh brought a black veined disease boy lucky that water can get rid of the plague well i think it's only the magical water in the area that is protected by virginia dare i guess maybe it's blessed water because which of that. is in sleepy hollow yes but in like a different dimension because they dunk thomas and ichabod and then they're healthy and they they're like huh and then like ichabod and abby are in like a dilapidated or by a dilapidated well in just forest rather than being in this like settled colony that has houses and stuff you tell me that none of these people ever went into that water in 400 years? Well, they didn't need to. They weren't sick. They just happened to have black veins. They all feel fine. Oh. Yeah. The people who live there feel fine because Virginia Dare is protecting them and makes them feel fine. But if you venture out to the real world, then your black vein disease is going to make you sick. Oh. And you can infect others. So you've got to be in magic world. Yes, exactly. So if you take a dunk in magic world, somehow that spreads to the other people who have the disease from magic world. Okay. Don't worry about it. I won't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wild. So that's it. I also looked up movies. Yeah. Um, there didn't seem to be any real movies about. Th- I mean, they're out there, but there was like sure. the Wraiths of Roanoke. Yeah. yeah, that, yeah. It, it, there wasn't anything that I found very interesting to talk about. Yeah, I think most of the 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 notoriety of Roanoke is in the the sort of legend. Of yes, it. the legend of it and the internet and retelling and stuff yes. because there aren't that many like super popular beloved works about it or anything but the story is just very interesting what i think is also interesting is that i was always under the impression that the word croatoan was probably carved by whoever did something to the colonists yeah but never or was that, it presented to me that they left it as a sign. Me neither. I mean, I actually, I did think that they might have left it as a sign, but it was a sign of something bad. Right. Yeah. It was always of something bad. Right. I had no idea that it was just kind of commonplace. Yeah. I think it probably, I I had to say, I think probably it got that rap out of like spiritual, mystical, Native American yes. stuff. You know what I mean? Because there's no true. other reason. And yeah, I mean, that's, it's also part of the debate that I guess has been had about the lost colony of Roanoke since the very start mm-hmm. like was it a native american tribe that believed that you know uh that's a great nation would rise and steal their right their land or you know like all of this like debate of like what, what did the native americans do and think mm-hmm. and what did they say that did this right like all of that has been going on all this time so i do think that like even the legend of Roanoke is imbued with a sense of like, well, mystical stuff, right? Mystical mm-hmm. bad stuff. Yeah. Probably definitely right. Yeah, rather totally. Than just, than just like, no, it was, a, it was a place. It was the name of a place and they probably went there. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, crazy how simple it is. Not to burst the bubble, but like I'm, I'm I was fascinated. To read I think all it's this really stuff, interesting. I'm really glad that we finally looked into it. Me too. So now that Guide to the Unknown has covered it, I think we can finally close this case. I think I think we can. I think we found the lost colony of Roanoke. <laughs> I have a feeling we did. Yeah. And thank you guys so much for exploring with us and helping us find it and prompting us to find it. Yeah. Um, because honestly, we talked about this in our Patreon planning session this month. If you go to patreon.com slash GTTU pod on the first Sunday of every month, we plan the next month of episodes and we talk to the people in the chat over there who've decided to donate money to us at the $4 or more per month level who give us input about what we might cover next. And 
they were really helpful in forming this Roanoke episode. So thank you very much. Yeah, a million percent. Mm-hmm. Um, if you all enjoyed this episode, please, please, please consider spreading the word to other people who might enjoy the show as well. Maybe they're your friends. Maybe they're your followers. Um like your cult leader, they follow you around. <laughs> I don't know, but tell people about Guide to the Unknown. Spread the word. Let your other fa- uh, favorite podcasts know about this show. Maybe Please. we can do uh, promo swaps and crossovers and make friends and all sorts of things. Yeah. Um, you can also do something that is hugely helpful to us by leaving us a five star review on Apple Podcasts, just like Padfootly did in the last mm. week with this wonderful review. Did you read this? No. Did you see this? No. You should definitely read this. It's it's a uh, uh, a really effusively kind review that includes uh, saying things like this. I literally have no complaints. I love that they (laughs) constantly talk about Scream. I love that Will is skeptical of believing in these tales. These two could literally talk about anything and I would listen. Kristen and Will, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for this podcast. Don't change a thing. Oh my God. I can't tell you... Thank you. I feel, I feel. This in reference to some of the- I feel relief. I feel that is like like slipping into a warm bath. Thank you very much, Padfootly. That's yeah. very nice to hear. I, I'm not. I'm not even even kidding. We or, or trying I'm barely to pat kidding. On That's the back. really nice. We we seldom get negative feedback. Mm-hmm. We ninety nine point nine percent of what people have to say to us about the show is, very is, nice. is really positive. So for that reason, anytime we get a negative review, I think it's more funny than anything. So anytime that somebody, like we got dinged because they were like, they talk about Scream too much. We got dinged because somebody was like, Will just puts everything down. And I know I can come I don't I, think you put, well, whatever. Anyway. I have a very strong personality. Yes. And I'm very definitive about things. So mm-hmm. I, I completely understand. But I, I Padfootly's review here, I think, are rebuttals to those two complaints I, that It sounds like it because they joked specifically, about the show, yeah. Which is uh, uh, wonderful. And appreciated, and uh, thank I'm you very much. I'm a sensitive little baby, so thank you very much. Yes. Also, we got a, a, a brand new review uh, just the other day from Sarah Snickers, <laughs> which I just love your name. <laughs> That's all I need to know, honestly. It's yeah. a, a ringing endorsement that somebody named Sarah Snickers likes the show. That's all I need. <laughs> all, all we need to thank know. Thank you. Um, they say, I was, I was getting burned out from exclusively watching true crime podcasts, and I wanted to explore a new subject. Mm. Then I found these two on YouTube solving Hunter Killer stuff. I love their banter. Decided to check out the podcast. Great choice. Um, thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sarah Snickers. Thank you. <laughs> Fantastic name. Uh, top yeah. of the line. Top of the line. Well, thank you guys so, so much. We really appreciate it. So leaving reviews like that is a great way to support us. Patreon.com slash GTTUPod is also a really great way to support us. If you donate at the $4 level, you also get a bonus podcast every month. So there's actually a secret podcast that only patrons get access to that yep. comes out on the 13th every month. And there are 15 to date as we're recording right now. There's also a patron-only Discord channel that is so nice it is popping off it's a nice like kind of little cozy place on the internet very very cool i've been spending a lot of time in there and we would also love it if you hung out with us in the facebook group which is facebook.com slash groups slash gttu pod yeah all of our stuff lives on gttupod.com so if you ever need links to any of these places that's where you should head Mm -hmm. Uh, but thank you all so much for listening to the show. We hope you had a great time. We will see you next week for more, uh, I don't know, frightening, mysterious, uh, lost legends and madness. Mm. But until that time comes, we 
just like the Lost Colony of Roanoke. That's true. Must travel. But unlike the Lost Colony of Roanoke, back to the netherworld go we. Because they were fine, I think. Well, they went to sort of another world, right? Uh, they went to another world. Yeah, they got like a sick vein disease and went to another world. Oh, on Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. Yeah. Probably not the real ones. I want to ask you a question mm-hmm. about the joke. There is a joke that you said of, of Ichabod Crane, time traveler. Okay. Going, well, I can tell because these sticks are broken and because that cobweb is cut off halfway that yes. a child walked through. Something a smartphone couldn't tell you. Mm-hmm. Who is that joke for? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All of us, all of us, <laughs> all of us. 